0: On the banks of the Grand River, high above the Allura Gorge, this is the Buzzer Podcast. Indie music, new releases, industry insiders, out of the box conversations with guests from the true north, from the West Coast to the East Coast, to across the pond, and from down under. And now, here is Shay. Hey, y'all. I am Shay. This is the Buzzer Podcast.
1: Independent music releases global coverage. Welcome and enjoy episode 75. Today on the show, we feature Australian band Trent John. Frontman TJ is our guest. We chat about his connections with Bowie and Prince, his views on art music creation, and his incredible creative process. This artist reminds me of a young David Bowie. TJ is a trailblazer. His music is from the soul. This artist and his band are one of the must-watch bands of this year. High-octane pop rock with unmatched energy and vibe on stage. Enjoy the show. Hi, TJ. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you, Shannon. Yeah. It's great to have uh, you on the podcast. Um, Thanks, Emma. So yeah, I'm very excited. To say, I happen upon your music. Uh, you have a, a lot of great music that we can share today on the podcast. I'm going to start out with some trivia.
2: Okay. Okay. Why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh, what Elton John song did the Beach Boys cover in the 90s?
2: I don't really know anything about Elton John. Besides the shades, <laughs> to be honest, and your song. <laughs> uh,
1: what, answer, was in your
2: song? Because if ain't your song, I'm all out of song titles for uh, that.
1: Okay, <laughs> the answer is Crocodile Rock. Okay. Wow. Okay, oh, so you might. I'll give off. you an easier one. Who yeah. was the drummer for Nirvana? Dave Grohl. All right. So. Like, <laughs> sorry, That's you it. it. Uh, everybody would get that one though. <laughs> I'm only joking. So, let's, uh, so tell me a bit about yourself and your background and how did you start your uh, interest in music?
2: Well, it came to me as a child. It was ingrained in my DNA um, due to an example, which I'm about to put forward right now, is that my dad is Mauritian and we visited the island of Mauritius when I was about six years old. And one evening I went missing and my parents couldn't find me. And they said, oh, where's where's Trent gone? I hope he hasn't been abducted. But uh, they found me jamming along with the the local band of the restaurant playing a traditional Mauritian instrument, a drum called the Ravan. Oh, wow. There's a photo of it as well. that's, um, That's in the house of me playing with them. So, I was always drawn to performing and music, rhythm and beats, all of of the above.
1: So, was your family musical?
2: My dad is a huge appreciator of music. And my mom enjoys music. Neither of them play or sing, though my dad has an excellent speaking voice.
1: So, what instrument was your first?
2: Guitar. So, I was 10 years old when I picked up the guitar. And then I picked up the drums when I was 12 and the piano when I was 13. Uh, started singing when I was around 14 and um, started playing bass when I was about 16. Oh, you can play all, all the instruments. Yes, all, all the major instruments. Oh, all the major instruments in contemporary music. Wow. Thank you.
1: Were you self-taught?
2: For the majority of the instruments, yes.
1: Wow. Well, should come by it naturally.
2: Yes. I feel very blessed.
1: Okay, the band's <laughs> called Trench John. Uh, uh yes. And could you tell me how the band formed?
2: Basically, I believe vibe is key to music. You know, bringing a good vibe is paramount and triumphs over musicianship, in my opinion, because anyone can learn to be a great musician, mm-hmm. but it, it's very hard to balance your vibration and not just balance it, but raise it, you know? Gem of humans are hard to find, so when you find them, you need to hold them close and, in my opinion, put them forward to the world and beyond. So I formed the band from my best friends. The music that I make is in rocket science, you know? It is a neo-soul jazz, you know, avant-garde. It's pop music at the core. I found my friends who are musicians as well, you know, and I just put the idea forward to them because they they love my music. And I said, you know, they're all in other projects um, too. And I said, you know, would you like to join my band? And um, before my guitarist was in my band, she very rarely played guitar. Really, and she on my project, and she's doing it in in soaring colours. Yes, Bronte. Yeah, she's my best friend. I've known her since I was a child.
1: So, how many members are in the band?
2: So there's five, including me.
1: Do you want to tell us a bit about the other members?
2: Definitely. So we've got the mighty Josh Gallagher on drums.
0: Okay. He
2: he actually plays in a band that is French Canadian. Um. Called Duraps, they're like a like a classic rock power trio. And um, but his uh, claim to fame is that he got invited by Steve Lukather to uh, jam with Toto in New York. Oh wow! So that was really a cool experience for Josh. And Josh joined the band at the end of last year, but that's when the stars really aligned. The other members, which I'll mention now who also have, you know, equal importance. We've got Mind Reader Reynolds on bass guitar, a.k.a. Luke Reynolds. He's actually jammed on stage with Bruce Springsteen, also got invited by Bruce Springsteen informally to go on stage and, and play guitar with him. And he was also a part of a touring band in Australia. Um, I've got Dan Desirable on keys, and he plays yeah. in a hip hop. Band um, in my hometown. And um, I've got Bronte Mongoose, aka Bronte Leddon, who does backing vocals and lead guitar in the project.
1: You have a band that's uh, considered one of the unparalleled live lineups in Australia.
2: Definitely. You'll see that soon because um, we just finished off filming. For a nationwide TV show that goes to air and YouTube this Thursday,
0: it's oh, called, wow.
2: the and we're, we're performing "Discover Before I Die" live, and and I get interviewed alongside Josh and Luke.
1: That's amazing, yeah. but your debut single "Manchester by the Sea," yes, uh, really put you on the map. You were featured in a um, international why don't you dance with me video? And I had over a million views in less than three weeks.
2: I'd love to tell you more about that video. Okay. Because I featured it in my own video. That video was mine. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That went
2: went viral. Yeah. Um, It was during the outbreak of uh, coronavirus last year. And I saw everyone was doing collaborative singing videos. You know and I thought it was great, you know, just to to raise morale. And you probably saw videos of people that, you know, in uh in Rome, you know, on their balconies playing piano and all that jazz. Uh, but yeah. I, never saw, I never saw a dance video. You know, TikTok aside, I never saw one video that um encompassed, you know, men, women in between young, old, uh, spanning physical disposition as well, um internationally all in one. You know, like and and I remember coming out of the shower, thinking because a lot, everyone was doing live streams, you know, mm-hmm. everyone who I knew were doing music live streams to insight positivity, which I th- think was brilliant. But at that time, I used to be really shy. I've uh, I've grown a lot in the last year, but I didn't like live streams. And, mm-hmm. But I really wanted I wanted to contribute something really special and positive, you know, because I feel like uh, as an artist during times of crisis, you know, and darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's our responsibility to incite colour because art does that, you know. So yes. I thought, what can I do what is also innovative, you know, because I, I don't like doing things that have been done before, you know, like to the T. Obviously, I take inspiration from the past, you know, and the now to create something for the future. But mm-hmm. um, I've never been, you know, someone who, like, to imitate anything or be really compared to anyone or anything. So I thought, what what can I do? And then I came out of the shower and I was singing Manchester by the Sea um, because it just came out around that time as well. There was a line that says, why won't you dance with me? And I thought, all right, why don't I create a video that has dancers, you know, bedroom dance level to professional, you know, dancers and put them all in a video, even have, someone who's in a wheelchair, you know, cerebral palsy, who i knew mm-hmm. of, and get them in this video dancing to Manchester by the Sea and call it the, the, the hashtag why won't you dance with me project. Mm. And, you know, fr- fr- from, from the idea hitting my brain, I manifested the video, you know, through the, through the support of everyone involved in it within a week and a half. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, we put, yeah, we put it out there. I even got a Ugandan village to feature in it as well. Which, um, if you watch the video, you'll see. Um, yeah, and the video started taking off. You know, it got media coverage, and it got, got a million views in, in a few weeks on Facebook.
1: It was an incredible idea.
2: Thanks so much. Yeah, I feel very blessed to have had um, activated that idea.
1: So you consider yourself in the genre of psych rock pop. Psych, psych rock pop. Psych. Hop. psych yeah. ro- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's morning time for me, hon. Huh? Yeah. Okay, so you consider yourself in the genre of psych rock hop. How did you come to that space?
2: It came to me in a dream. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of my great ideas come to me when I'm in that state. The ninth dimension idea as well. Where
0: yeah,
2: we'll talk about that afterwards, but. I'm really pushing the ninth dimension, and um, got, we have a song called Illusions 09, you know, playing on that as well. But it came to me, I thought, because we're doing an EP, and um, before I die, discover uh, two tracks from the EP that's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to to create a sound that was unique and, and in its own lane. I thought, sonically, you know, because. You know, there's a, there's a, uh, like a dime a dozen, you know, good songs out there. Right. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I want to have good songs and I want to lace them in something that pricks the ears up, something that no one has really heard before. And, and also I wanted to create my favorite music. Cause in my opinion, I feel if you're an, a creative producer, a songwriter, and you're not creating your favorite music, you're creating the wrong music. That's how I view it. So with all that in mind, yeah, with all that in mind, with this EP, I wanted to create a different genre, combining my favorite elements, you know, of hip hop. I loved a lot of hip hop beats. I loved the the atmosphere and the delays and the soundscapes of psychedelic music, you know. And I mm-hmm. love the guts and power of rock. So I, I basically got larger than life pop songs and I laced them in psych rock hop. And do a lot of your ideas come through in dreams? I would say, yeah, yes. Well, in the flow state, normally I do a lot of uh, before I had um, my job as a teacher, which I just recently got. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of times um, just wandering alone around parks in my own head, just trying to achieve flow state. So, so I could just channel the beyond like I view music as it can be a spiritual experience you know if you allow it to be and I feel like some really great ideas come from beyond and if you allow yourself to be a vessel Mm -hmm. the you know know, for for the divine then um, and then wonderful things can happen you know but it isn't a thing that you consciously you know like Really force, you know, like it's something that you know. I feel like you need to reach this point, you know, which I also call the ninth dimension. You know, you raise a vibration, then you enter the ninth dimension, and then you 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 yield the fruitage from the world of the ninth dimension. I can see that.
1: And on your uh, website, you have the quote Mm. that's very powerful. And let us embark to spark a fire, wild enough to warm the heart of this world. I love it.
2: I'm so happy you do. That came to me about four years ago. I remember I went to Thailand. I went to Koh Samui oh, with my yeah. family. Yeah, and um, I met a lot of wonderful people and people who are, you know, a lot less fortunate than, um, than we are, yet they were so happy and kindness was at the forefront of all their actions, you know. And I thought it was a beautiful thing. And I just thought if we all used our passions as a vehicle to incite love positivity and to raise vibration of those around us and Mm -hmm. the world of the universe and beyond how we'll be pushing the envelope forward, you know, for the future generation, for, for a a plethora of amazing things
0: Mm -hmm. that will
2: benefit us, you know? So yeah, I remember I came back from the trip and I felt very inspired. I started writing, um, writing a book which I titled the hybrid of happiness and because I, I wanted to take um take all lessons from different you know culture and religion and um, on how to, to live a happy life and um, include it in a book so I started this book called the hybrid of happiness you know have you published it yet not yet I love yes. the
1: title
2: thanks and um yeah, so uh, with that in mind i remember it came to me i was driving you know let us embark to spark a fire wild enough to warm the heart of this world and and it's very it's very on brand to to who i am as well because um i can be a very calm person sometimes but I, i'm quite an erratic person i'm a very colorful person
0: mm-hmm. and when you
2: get to know me i am very larger than life you know like you know that's a, that's an aspect of me and i thought but you know not not all people uh are, are malicious you know are out there to to cause destruction to humanity some people want to use their wildness to to spark warmth love kindness you know a better future for all you know mm-hmm. and that's how i view it you know i'm a wild guy but i'm trying my best <laughs> to leave a, a positive impact uh, for the future you can definitely now,
1: yeah yeah, you can definitely see that energy in your Thanks. the what I can see of your live performances on video. Incredible. So thank we're you. we're coming up to talk about uh to listen. We're coming up to listen to uh Discover. Yes. I checked out the promo video and uh I love the chicken.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, I like the
2: thing. I like
1: um yeah it's just it's a short promo but it's it was quite it was quite fun it's Thanks, quite fun and know. captivating so tell us a bit about the song
2: okay so discover well the well the chicken is actually from before i die and that's diamond Dave the rooster and um he's actually here right now
1: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i didn't yeah. catch that i didn't catch that that's pretty cool
2: yeah, so um, yeah, we featured um, Diamond Dave the Rooster in "Before I Die." Mm-hmm. That's actually the mighty Josh Gallagher's rooster. His um, that he used to live on a on like a little farm, and we, we were listening to the drum takes of "Before I Die" one night, and the rooster kept yeah. going on. And I thought it would be a wild idea to include this rooster on the record
0: And the band. Yeah.
2: We're all bored of it. They thought, well, it's pretty it's pretty unhinged, but um, I guess that's that's trend on. So um yeah, so we recorded the rooster, auto-tuned the rooster to the key of the song. and <laughs> uh, we ran it through the same plug-in effects as uh, Diamond David Lee Roth from Van Halen for Sunset <laughs> Yeah, we put the same, you know, to match the whole branding of Diamond Dave the Rooster.
0: And, oh my god. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, we use sunset sounds reverb and processed it, you know, as close as we could to what Diamond David Lee Roth processed his vocals to back in back in his Van Halen era. Yeah, and then we created an Instagram account, you know, and um, the rest is the rest is history.
1: Oh my god, I'm glad I asked.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so so he's become a mascot for the band.
1: Yeah. And, um,
0: oh, okay. Him,
2: yeah.
1: That's that's a great mascot. Is it? Uh, so, is there a backstory to this song, Discover? Yes, there is. So, will you share 100%. it
2: with me? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. So, um, my friends uh know me as a bit of a, a starry-eyed, hopeless romantic, <laughs> right? Okay. And um. Also, yeah, consider myself, you know, as do as do few. You know, I, mean, I wrote the song about, you know, being someone who's, who's, a, who's a bit left of center That you, to, to such a certain degree that you can't find love on earth. So you, you interdimensionally travel to the ninth dimension and you find love there with someone who's more like you. Because that's the mm. story of TJ T, the Ninth. So this EP that we're putting out, "Death Is Fall Illusion," it tells the story of um, TJ the Ninth, who who ventures off into the ninth Dimension to bring back uh, his discovery of Psych Rock Hop for the fruitage of humanity. And um, oh my wow. word, that's amazing! Thanks. So yeah, you, in our bio, you you can read about it. So I go into the ninth Dimension, you know, to embark on this uh, this huge adventure. To bring back this sound that no one's heard before on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and um, then I find love with ninth dimension royalty. That's Princess Elidia Marialis, and um, she she discovers love with me because I'm actually half blood ninth dimension being. That's why I could never, never really find love on Earth because no one could understand me because I was half blood ninth dimension being, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I discover love with her. That, that's where I become the king of hop. As you can see in my Instagram bio, there's a crown. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 And you're brought back to planet Earth for the fruitage of humanity. Yeah. What, what is that? Like, to, the- like an Adam and Eve
2: reference? No, no. It's just saying that... Um, I brought back the the genre for the to ah, enrich human life. To, to, to yeah, rich it's lives. like it's okay, cool. yeah, okay, cool. yeah, colorful, incredible, yeah.
1: incredibly creative. Uh, it's reminiscent of uh, to me of David Bowie. Yeah,
2: I love David Bowie.
1: Was he one of your influences?
2: He was a he, a recent influence. It's uh, to be honest, you know, I didn't really listen to a lot of David Bowie growing up. It was only the last less than a year that I really delved into his music. Um, Let's dance. Actually, you know, just the vibe of it, you know, inspired Manchester by the Sea a lot because I wanted to create a dance record. Yeah, uh, yeah, but um, just the last year I, I got into it. But um, it's it's funny, yeah. I, I just love David Bowie now, and it's like I don't know a huge amount of his discography, but I feel this connection to him that I feel is spiritual. I feel that same connection to Prince. I've got a really crazy story as well that um, that will sound, sound. I'm not sure if I can say this on on the show, but sound a bit wanky, but it's real.
0: You know.
1: You know, tell I'm me. Laughing. We'll edit it if we have to. I don't know. No, please share it. Please share it.
2: So during the recording, near the end of Before I Die, I remember I was I, I went home one night and um I remember I just felt this this force overcome me. And I was lying on bed, lying on my bed.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was
2: just it was just so strange. And I felt something just change in me and The only way I could describe it is that the magic dust that Prince had in him while he spent his time on Earth, Mm. some of that was transferred to me. And the next morning, I remember I got up and I listened to, you know, Let's Go Crazy. Mm -hmm. And I cried my eyes out because I felt like Prince was one of the only men who could understand me and we'll connect it on a spiritual level. It sounds crazy, but I swear that's the experience I went through. People can say, you know, no way, you know, like this guy's just trying to be wanky, but nah, (laughs) this is fact. This is true. Yeah. I've only told a handful of people that story. Yeah. But I feel like, just get it out there.
1: No, I (laughs) believe you. Thank you for sharing that. it's your experience. Your experience. I can't believe somebody would challenge you and say it didn't happen. But yeah. there's it's all crazy. kinds. Yeah. There's all kinds. And yeah. I just felt
2: so connected to him. I remember, and then I just listened. You know, and I just, and it's funny. Then I listened to some of his production techniques vocally, and mm. without even realizing it, I did similar things. And I, and it's not because I tried to to replicate or emulate Prince. Mm-hmm. it was just like this thing that was beyond me, beyond my, you know, my subconscious as well. And I uh-huh. thought, no way, he did this vocal effect in the song. Like, and I did that before I died. At the very end of Before I Die, you can hear there's like a monster voice sampled that's mm-hmm. uh, on the word Before I Die, and he does a similar thing, you know. But, yeah, it was it was, it was just really crazy. No, you know? I hear
1: it. I hear it. I hear it. So
2: he he, he was a great influence for you. Funnily enough, just recently as well, about a year and a half okay. ago. Yeah, I didn't really delve that much into Prince. But, um, oh, no, no, no that, that's wrong. I always had a great admiration for for him, but I didn't really know a lot of his work. I just felt, I don't know, just this connection to Prince, but I never delved into the music. But,
1: uh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense,
2: you know. I remember I, I bought a Rolling Stone magazine with Prince on the cover mm-hmm. about five years ago.
1: He Possibly.
2: would have been in his purple suit by then. Yeah, and um, but yeah, it, it was it was an older photo of him, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I um, I, I carried it around me everywhere. I remember for some reason. I, just, I didn't even know any of his music, you know, like hardly. I only I only knew like Purple Rain and like Raspberry Beret and all that. So like, yeah, it's it pretty funny. I just felt really connected. Yeah, and then it, and Trinica. then. I was, it all came set, you know, like you could tell, like, full circle <laughs> at the moment when the magic dust got uh, sprinkled onto me. Yeah,
1: that's, <laughs> cool. that's cool. A fun fact. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think which I told you in the green room um, in our interview before that yeah. I lived in Toronto most of my life. Well, Prince was my
2: neighbor. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he not direct neighbor, and I got right beside, but he lived about four four city blocks from uh where a family home was. And he'd show up at coffee houses and really, really cool guy. I didn't know him personally. I'm saying yeah. that a hundred percent. I didn't know him personally. It was more like, oh my god, it's him. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it I you know, like, well, you the just the respect. Yeah, you respect yeah. his privacy, right? But, you know, he, he was just a normal guy.
2: That's so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was just a normal guy. Yeah, because he bought a home in uh, the Toronto area.
2: Um, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're going to listen to Discover right
2: now. Oh, Wonderful.
0: to wrap that tone to surround mine, yeah But I know it stings cause I know you're higher And you look
1: a really good story, a really crazy story about the uh, Prince and that. I had feeling that you were influenced by Bowie, but to be honest with you, it was before I heard your music, it was watching, because I was watching your video on mute, because you were my next, for lack of a better word, project to listen to,
0: yeah.
1: um, because I, I, I go through a certain way of... Uh, uh, getting ready for the show and and I'm looking at the way you danced. You reminded me of David Bowie. That's so cool. Which video was that? It was the one on your website. Oh. And I don't know, It. I believe, I don't think the title's there. I don't think the title's there. Is that
2: the one where it's, it's kind of playing in the background as soon as you enter the website and then it's... Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. That's it's a, so cool. A, a yeah. purple hue, a purple hue. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, pretty cool. Pretty That's cool.
0: So awesome, yeah.
1: So, your co- your creative process. Do you collaborate, or are you the uh, main driver behind
2: the songs? I'm the main driver behind the songs. Yes, for this for this record, everything okay. on deaf is for the uh, Le Jean. Okay. Josh creates the drum beats. Okay. Yeah, so Josh um, lays down drums and he's the the innovator behind what drum patterns are going on. But, um, yeah, musically or melodically and, like, instrumentally, yeah, I, I, I drive it. Synthesise the guitar, you know, I'm a multi-instrumentalist, but the band, like I, I said um, recently on our TV interview, I said, you know, the band gives their two cents. Yeah. Sometimes their two cents is a diamond's worth.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And it's true because, yes, you know, yeah. uh, like some little, little ideas that they bring, it makes a a huge difference in the sound, and um, I'm very grateful for that. Sonically?
0: Okay.
2: Sonically, I reckon, you know, it was 50% our vibe and sound is thanks to a man who I like to call the master of sound, Rob Grant, he is the owner of Poons Head Studios in um, a place called Fremantle in Western Australia, and mm-hmm. um, he's an uh, incredible human being. And um, I hope one day he gets the the universal recognition that he deserves. He's a he mixes and masters all our records, and also um, yeah co-produces the records as well. Um, he's uh, he's dedicated his whole like around sixty years to. To his craft and um he just oh he's just so just so dedicated to to pushing the envelope with with you know with analog gear you know mm-hmm. he's got almost a million dollars worth of gear in his house he turned his home to a whole studio it's about two percent living space 98 studio and gear right oh, and, that's um, amazing like yeah we we do we recorded a lot of this and mastered it to tape and I'm um, using primarily all analog gear because you want to keep that vibe alive. Like, you know, oh, wow, it? it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, for Discover, the um, the rhythm guitar, which I played, the bass, and the drums, okay, recorded live together to tape, we're in the same room together. Yeah, okay, All right. So that's why it has a bit of like a live, like an alive feel, and yeah. um, because we tracked it all together, you know, even all the drum takes. I made sure I was in the room with Josh, you know, and our bass player was, I wanted to have as many of the members in the room as possible because I didn't want to just give, like a lot of people give a drummer, like a uh, an acoustic um, track, you know, they'll just give them like, oh, here's the guide track. But I just feel like, you know, that alive feeling that, you know, when you see a live band, it gets lost, you know, the energy, which, uh, which, which you can't hear, but you feel on records is gone. So uh, I wanted Josh to feed off, their energy. So when we did before I died, the drumming, you know, like I had Luke, the bassist in the room, Josh, and I was just holding a vocal mic and I remember just sweating and going hard at it for every drum take that he, he did. He didn't need to do a lot of drum takes because he's an amazing drummer, but
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, for, for those takes, I remember just sweating and just going wild next to him because I wanted to push, you know, like I didn't I, I didn't want to just, you know, like um, support his energy. I wanted to contribute more energy, amplify it, you know, electrify it with my own into Josh, you know. So, and also have a bass player there because I felt like you can you can feel that, and I wanted to pump that into Josh. So his drum takes were just larger than life, you know, because I believe you, you feel that in a record. Like, a record is eternal, and it has the power to to change lives. It has the power to save lives, enrich lives, you know. And I know this time on earth is short. And I want to contribute the best art I can to uh, to my ability.
0: Mm-hmm. You can yeah.
2: definitely
1: feel it, and I agree with you. Especially the genre of rock, you yeah. you have to mix it. You have to uh, do it live.
0: Like yeah, uh
1: It is, yeah, it, it, it's, so much. It is uh, a lot of yeah. The uh, um, the energy is what's kept it alive, right? Definitely, the no. whole genre. Yeah, so I definitely agree with you. Reason I like going to live concerts. <laughs> so, um, I love the beat of the next track that we're going to be listening to, Before yeah. I Die. Yeah. The vocals are spot on. Thanks so much. That. I love, I love it.
2: I'll tell you about that after the song is played.
1: Okay. Now we're going to listen to Before I Die and then we're going to talk about it. That's your best believing for a girl Let me just begin with a
0: story about a girl This man is out of town and she's rolling right through the world It's a very little town for I found it in my tent
1: It was like wow, I love it. It's the kind of thing you want to. It's the kind of tracks that you wait for, so you can get up and dance.
2: Oh, I'm so happy that you feel that way. Yeah, a lot yeah. of interviews. It actually, I just found out as a, <coughs> a semi-finalist at the um the international songwriting competition. It actually, I just found out as a semi-finalist at the um the international songwriting competition. For oh. Us- so yeah, I got that news the other day. So hopefully yeah, it's a finalist and even more so that we win it, that will be nice to place, you know.
1: I think yeah. it has definitely um the strength. And when when's the vote
2: for that? No, we find out who makes the oh uh, the finals, I think in about a week, and then the winning is announced at the end of August.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well good yeah. luck. Good luck. Thanks so much, yeah. So tell us a bit about the
2: song. Okay, so before I die very interesting story. Um, I was doing a cover gig one night and um I had a very persistent lady that I met um, a couple times um, around Perth and um I was aware that you know she had a partner and I um I knew it was a no go zone, right? Okay. And, uh, so I did. The, I did this gig, yeah, and it wasn't even like a big rock show, right? It was. It was like me singing Wonderwall at an empty pub in the corner of a cafe, just you know, competing with people talking over my singing, right? And but I had some friends there. I had a bit of. I had a bit of wine, and um, that crowd at the time were like, Ah, oh, Trent, she was saying, Oh, please, can I take you home, Trent? I'll just drop you home. I'll just drop. And my mates were like, Come on, Trent, come on, you know. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go with her, you know. And um, she was work, she was working a very humble uh, job. This this young lady, right? So mm-hmm. when I went to a car and I saw that it was like a, a high tier BMW sports car, I knew that it must have been an older boyfriend who has a high paying job, right? And not, not hers, you know. All
0: right. So
2: I, I I hop in the car. And um, she was—I discovered that she was actually um, a bit um, intoxicated because uh, she was running red lights. So there's a line in the song that goes, "Am I running the red light? Running the red line?" It's a play on the "Am I running the moral red light?" But you know okay. like also the, the event and the night that she so it was, was
0: actually
1: happening.
2: It <laughs> was—she ran red lights in this like three hundred thousand dollar car, you know, while I was in there. Anyway, so. I discovered that we went on the path to drop me home. I ended up one hour away from where I live at her boyfriend's house. <laughs> oh my God. And I think, I said, hey, where are we? She goes, we're going back to mine. I said, is this yours? No, it's my boyfriend's house. He's, a, he's away, you know, at the moment. And I thought, oh, no, like I just, I got to, um, this ain't right, and I was. I remember I was just sitting on the couch, you know. He's like, "Let me just get a glass of water, Trent." And "Now you're gonna drive it home? Okay, let me just get me." Okay, so I'm sitting on the couch, thinking. In your boyf-
1: in the boyfriend's house. Yeah,
2: in the boyfriend's house. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, and and I remember going on his Instagram, and I noticed he was an avid knife collector, an avid hunting knife collector, right? Oh and my thought, god! If he happens to walk through right now, I'm gonna get skilleted. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's where the line goes. Better best be leaving before I die comes from because I thought I was just seeing him walking in, even though nothing happened. You know, just him assuming that something would happen. You know, I'm in his house with his girlfriend,
0: <laughs>
2: taken in his sports car. You know, um, <laughs> I thought I got to get out of her, but anyway, so I managed. You know. Nothing, like you know, yeah, this is the fact story. Nothing happened, you know, with that girl. I got dropped home and, like, she just pleaded that she loved singers, you know, and there's a reference to that in the song, you know. There's a uh-huh. phone call that features in the song of, of me, you know, just, like, being a bit cheeky, imitating a bit of the scenario. And then I got home and um, that was the end of that story. But um, I told a story from a different perspective in and in very fantasy-based. Yeah, well, if you listen to the words, you can uh, you can hear like there's, 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 there's a different story that happens. But I thought that the story that I portray in this in the song
0: mm-hmm. is a lot more
2: thrilling than singing about how I got picked up by a girl. I just sit, sat on the couch and I had a moral dis- discussion with her, saying that it's not a good deal and like you know he's a nice guy and mm-hmm. I don't want to um, engage in closeness with you. Let, let me let's go home. It's not really an exciting story, so I had to go larger. <sighs> Their style and create a fantasy base
1: <laughs> yeah you made oh, it more yeah. bigger than life you made it bigger than Pretty life. Much. i made it like that
2: it's a bad boy tj because I, I may look like a bit of a bad boy but i'm a good boy at heart
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> it's a great yeah. song great song Perfect. now that i know the story behind it i'm going to lo- love it even more but it really gets you in the mood to dance I'm, I'm so really happy.
2: I love, I, love, really I love to talk about a story in the studio. It's a, it's a shorter one. But, um, you know, when I record, I like a, I like to, to be a method musician, I like to call it, how actors got method acting. I really want to live everything. And the story that I come up in my head, I want to perform it to its truest form. So in this yeah. story, I get kidnapped by this woman. I get, you know, I get drugged. I get tied up. And I have to escape from this, you know, like dominatrix. So in the studio, <laughs> I intentionally, yeah, I, I got myself drunk off whiskey during the vocal sessions. So some of my singing, when you compare it to other songs, is slightly slurred because I wanted to embody being a bit, you know, mm-hmm.
0: being drunk,
2: you know, inebriated. And, and um, so I, I, I did so. And at the end of the song, you can hear me, running out of breath, it's because in the story, to escape, um, you know, the dominatrix, I, I, I break free. But thanks to Diamond Dave, Diamond Dave the Rooster comes and bites off the, the ropes, which are featured on the cover art of the song. And I run away with a chair, you know, all kind of tied to, to my leg still. And I'm not wearing much clothes. So to embody that in the
0: performance,
2: <laughs> I got practically naked and I um, was running on the spot while singing the lyrics. with oh, fear, wow. So you can hear at the very end I'm gasping for air and it gets really intense. And, yeah, um, I
1: do, I do.
2: Yeah, so um, that, that that's how far I wanted to go to embody it. And I remember walking out in my my soaked in sweat underwear, you know, looking like a uh, mess with a kombucha in my hand out of the studio and Rob, the engineer's partner, is just sitting on the couch and looks at me like, the heck just happened in there. Yeah, <laughs> I come out, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, she was just like, what is Trent doing this time for his mm-hmm. art? Yeah. It
1: is an amazing story. I love it. Thanks. Love it. We came up with a great music. Great music. Do you tell me a bit about the local music scene?
2: Yes. The local music scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um is very laced in folk, so straight folk rock. So Perth um, has a lot of wonderful music coming from it. Yeah. Primarily folk rock okay. and um, some psychedelic acts. So, so what we're doing is going completely against the grain, you know, like in, in, in our hometown where we're seeing as a bit as aliens, you know, there's even a quote in regards to that cold in a sea of blue root for purple. You'll see that on my social media. Yeah, and um, that's in reference to a lot of things, but also with us, you know, not only in Perth but Australia, you know, like our sound uh, is um, isn't fully embraced because we're not we're not creating and performing the music that's trending in the nation. So, yeah, a okay. lot of the main gatekeepers to to give you know the Aussie acts uh, recognition. Uh, rejecting um, the music, you know, get, yeah, got emails saying you know your music's too wild, trend. Yeah, it's so funny. So, um, <laughs> and we're, we're, is,
1: we're, is this from a radio station?
2: Yeah, well, there's. I will not. I will not name this particular radio station, okay. but um, they're the main gatekeeper of um, the Australian music industry, and um, their main gatekeeper, yeah, is coming up with every excuse not to chuck us a bone. And oh, like one wow. of them, you know, too wild, too this, too that, you know, it's because, you know, we're going against the grain. By the end of the day, you know, like I don't want to be a drop in the ocean. I want to be the whole tsunami, you know, like with we've, we've, we've music, you know, I don't want to just go with the flow, you know, just to be accepted, you know, like a lot of people are like, Trent, why don't you just tailor it sound to suit the Australian demographic? I'm like, no way in hell, you know, I'd rather... You know, I'd r- rather you know die standing than live on my knees. You know, with my art, and I'm doing it for the art. I'm not doing it, you know, just to be like, you know, like a, a flash in a pan. You know, yeah. I'm doing it for the long haul. I want to
1: create. Good time for with- you. Yeah, yeah, but I say to you, every iconic star from Elvis Presley, Prince, David Bowie, Alice yeah. Cooper, even. Even I yeah. wouldn't call him iconic, but he he was uh, one of the. No, p- I reckon I was. Okay. Oh, you would? Yeah. Okay. All right. So he was iconic as well. Anyways, all of them, every single one of them was yeah. different. Even Billy Ellis right now. Yeah. They're different. So I don't get the gatekeeper because that's the way the music industry is. Yeah, you know somebody gets away from the mainstream like yourself and shows a great, I guess, a take on um, their creative process and their uh, your genre with the um, that you're creating and all that. I I don't get that they don't like the difference. I guess that's what I. Is it could you could it be a generational Mm -hmm. difference? Is the gatekeeper older?
2: Not majorly, yeah. There's so there's so many different there's so many different uh, variables. I feel like it could be, but it's just one person. Yeah, know. I find it odd. I find one it person, odd. You know, like it's it's it, it's a shame that this one person though is in charge of breaking Australian artists. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm a kind of guy where I'm just like, okay, if you're not going to accept it, I'll, I'll find someone who will. Because I believe, you know, if someone doesn't like your music, there's going to be someone out there, you know, amongst the, you know, the 8 billion people that think what you're doing is um, the best thing since, you know, sliced bread. 100%.
1: 100%. I think think your music rocks. I love
2: it. (laughs) I'm so happy, you know. Like your support means a lot, you know, your understanding and encouragement, you know. Uh,
0: Thank you. I appreciate
1: it. So your future project is the album. Uh, because it's coming out early next year?
2: Yeah, early mid next year.
1: Early mid next year. So, are we going to hear another release before the end of the year? Yes. And it's that I think we talked, you said it was November, possibly?
2: Yes. Okay. I, I, I look forward to it. This is, uh, this is my favorite song of the EP. Yeah. Mm hmm. Hmm.
1: Do you know the title yet, or are you not ready to disclose it?
2: Well, I'm happy to disclose it. Okay. <laughs> it's called higher and it's spelled with a three, my favorite number.
1: Okay. I look forward to hearing it. Can you tell us a bit about it now? Or are you gonna wait until you're on yeah, the show I'm, I'm, again?
2: I'm happy to talk about it. Okay, cool. Yeah. There's no better time than now. Um yeah, I wrote the song about it's pretty much the the standard for most powerful songs, the desire to consummate love. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a very beautiful song, you know, like um, that, it, that, that talks about it. You know, the first line goes, there's a storm out in the horizon and I feel it closing me. Mm-hmm. There's an ocean that surrounds us and it's rising endlessly. And I'm crawling in your aura as I feel it over me. And it only is with you. And the second verse goes, you know, and it's all my bad desire going to bring me to my knees as I'm falling in your notion as you're lying next to me. And I know I'll find my solace in the moment you release as I feel you coming closer when I taste you in my dreams. Oh, wow. That's rich. Nice. Thanks so much. Yeah. I I love
1: it.
2: And it burns me higher, higher, higher. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. It. I don't want I don't, I to give it away too much. <clears throat> yeah, just away no, too yeah,
1: I love <laughs> it. I love it. I can hardly <laughs> wait to hear it. I can hardly wait to hear it. Uh, before so, we go, I want you to touch on actually, most of your songs are spelt in a very unique way. Can you
2: tell the listeners why? 100% because rule number one of art is that there are no rules. And I want to support that with the way I present my work. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: I found it pretty cool. Reason and I 100% agree with you. So, where's right. the best place to find you? Are you more trend. active? Uh, are you more active on Instagram or another channel?
2: I'd say Instagram. If you want to get bombed by my super daggy humor throughout the day <laughs> on my stories, Instagram trench on Instagram.com. Sorry, forward slash trench John. Okay. And uh that, that is the place where I'm most active, to be honest. I I made so many posts tonight, actually.
1: Well, from there we can catch up all your other links, like your website and definitely. Yeah, because yeah, most of us have a link to you on their Instagram. Uh so cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really love your music. Uh, and yeah. it, the anticipation of the hearing the whole album is in, insane i can hardly wait to hear it and because oh, so uh, what i've seen so far i love you as a person i think you're absolutely amazing a, a true yeah. artist a true artist you embody uh the whole energy of of uh of a creator it's amazing yeah, hearing you. a bit more about you i love it so thank you so much and i look forward to having you back on the show
0: oh,
2: thank you so much Sarah.
1: Well, thank y'all for tuning in. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please share this episode with others and post about it on social media. To catch all the latest from the buzzer and upcoming shows, you can follow us on Instagram at the Buzzroll Media and on Twitter at The Buzzer Indie. Catch you at the pod next episode on Air Indie, from my pad to yours over the airways. Subscribe these at the Cheers.